some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. The Zone's non-stop sports talk continues with a look at Nashville's teams and at news around the nation from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. This is the Big Six. The Big Six with Jason Martin, presented by Renters Warehouse. And here we go. Six coming at you on a Friday. Hope you and your family have had a safe and merry Christmas. Hope the traffic isn't too bad on your commute home on this Friday night. Kind of feels like a Monday or Tuesday, depending on what your work schedule looks like this week. We'll get you home here until 7 p.m. My name is Will Bowling, digital producer here at 104.5 The Zone, filling in for Jason Martin tonight for the next hour. Happy to be here. Happy to talk with you guys on the eve of what is a gigantic Sports weekend, both locally and nationally here in the Music City. Lots of Titans talk coming up over the next hour. I'm going to dive into uh, some analytics on these Tennessee Titans, specifically on offense. Uh, We're going to get smarter here in the 6 o'clock hour. That's what we like to do here uh, at 104.5 The Zone. We like to make you more intelligent as you talk about uh, Nashville teams, the Vols, you name it, uh, and how these Titans could be heading into yet another road playoff game Uh, in Kansas City if all goes to plan on Sunday afternoon. We'll talk a little college football playoff in the final segment coming up uh, around 645. Uh, To be honest with you, somebody had to remind me earlier today that uh, there's college football playoff games happening this weekend. Snuck up on me this year. i got to be honest. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts, though, on uh, what I think is going to happen in two fantastic playoff matches uh, uh, matchups between four outstanding quarterbacks. Going to be a couple of fun games uh, out in Phoenix and in Atlanta. We're going to take a lot of phone calls this hour. Talking Titans, the number is always 615-737-1045 as we get ready for yet another Week 17 playoff, uh, or I should say play-in game for the Titans, this time in Houston uh, on Sunday afternoon. And I want to pose uh, a couple of questions uh, to Titans fans, to callers, I know you're sitting in traffic, so you've got time to uh, to pick up that phone and uh, and kind of let us know your thoughts on this game Sunday. Uh, and the question's pretty simple. How confident are you in these Tennessee Titans? Or is this team not different enough from the past couple of seasons uh, where this team has been stuck anywhere from good to great? This team wants to be great. That was the mantra coming into this year. They might still have time to do it uh, if they get into the playoffs and make a little bit of a run. You know, I was seeing a lot of the uh, the same old Titans comments two Sundays ago after that loss to Houston. And uh, to be honest, it's, it's probably more than I expected. Because I, I still think that, barring something uh, very different on Sunday, this team is, is still different. There's a different vibe around this Titans team in the short term, in the long term. And over uh, the next hour, I'm going to make the, the case of why this Titans team is different. Why the franchise is heading in a positive direction and how a couple of players uh, could give this team a different identity uh, in the long term. I want to know if that's a fair assessment. Is this Titans team 
different enough? Or is just this is this just the same old Titans franchise? 615-737-1045. I want your confidence level heading into Sunday afternoon in Houston. First, though, I'm going to start by by making my case, making the case of why this team is different. And this team with a win on Sunday against a, a Houston team that likely has nothing to play for with a Chiefs win over the Chargers at noon uh, will look similar to Titans teams of old with their final record. Right? If they're 9-7, and seven, the narrative nationally, barring a, a long run through the playoffs, is going to be the exact same heading into this offseason and throughout the offseason. The, the Titans are stuck in good. When can they become great? So uh, first, I want to present the case of why this Titans team is different. Like I said, it, it starts uh, with Ryan Tannehill analyzing the analytics on the, the offensive side of the football and uh, taking a deeper look at the playmakers that separate this team uh, from previous ones. Because the numbers suggest that there is quite a gap offensively between this team uh, and the past three that also finished uh, with that 9-7 and seven ranking or, or, or final record, if you will. A lot of us have kind of forgotten about the good to great mantra. You know, that was from the lips of an organization trying to take the next step this past offseason. And many of us dismissed that after the two and four start when Ryan Tannehill was handed the keys to the offense. Yeah, I was probably out on good to great uh, after watching Gardner Minshew carve up this Titans team down in Jacksonville. Of course, anyone who predicted Ryan Tannehill to play this well, uh, they're lying to you. Uh, but since Tannehill took over in week seven, this Titans offense is averaging 6.8 yards per offensive snap, more than a half yard per snap better than the next best offense. And the gap between one and two is bigger than the gap between two and eight. Uh, and that's courtesy of Mike Herndon on Twitter does a great job uh, covering this team. Um, so I, I would venture to say that this ti- these Titans team uh, has one last shot to show us that they are different. Now, on the negative side, it could be more of the same. You might tell yourself, okay, you've got the tumultuous start. You've got the streak in November and December from Derrick Henry. The untimely injuries on both sides of the football. This team is banged up. You've seen the injury report going into Sunday. It's not the same lineup on either side of the football that uh, a lot of us were watching in the early part of this season. This team could be setting us up for disappointment in the final month of the season for the third time in the past four years, you had the Christmas Eve loss at Jacksonville where Marcus Mariota was knocked out, broke his fibula in that game. Then you had the win at home on New Year's Eve where you felt like Marcus Mariota may have become the guy. It's kind of a similar vibe going on right now with Ryan Tannehill. How quickly things changed there with a fourth down run capped off by a stiff arm on Barry Church. You thought that maybe Marcus Mariota, he had some fire to him, the edge to him that Titans fans wanted to see for so long. And then last year, you get the anticlimactic ending when Blaine Gabbert, shockingly, and I say that with the utmost sarcasm, couldn't outduel uh, the Indianapolis Colts in a win and end game in primetime. Now, you could also make the argument that given all those finishes, the way this Titans offense has played since week seven, this team still has the time to go from good to great, and the difference is just named Ryan Tannehill. Now, Arthur Smith's offense, in my opinion, does not need a quarterback to win the game for you. And that's exactly what I said if you heard me on this show back uh, in September, the first time I filled in for Jason. Uh, I, I made the argument that, look, the Titans and Vols have this in common. With the resources you have around you, 
on the defensive side with a defensive head coach with a running game. Maybe UT doesn't have that, but certainly the Titans do. The only thing this Titans team needs at the quarterback position is a game manager. Don't turn it over. Hand the football off cleanly and make accurate throws in the intermediate play-action passing game. But I would argue that Ryan Tannehill has taken the next step and done more than just manage the game with the help of two emerging stars named Jonu Smith and A.J. Brown that we'll talk more about uh, as the show continues here. But not only that, you look at the numbers, you look at the analytics, Ryan Tannehill has not just been good in the deep passing game, he has been elite. So here's your first analytic note of the night. Maybe get a pen and paper out. We're going to make you smarter here tonight. Ryan Tannehill is actually not great at completing passes between 15 and 25 yards. His completion percentage dips down for about 75%, around 10 to 15 yards, to 35% when he's throwing 25 yards down the field. But then after that, something weird happens, something that's not normal at all in the National Football League. When he is passing 40 to 50 yards down the field, his completion percentage actually goes up from where it is in the 15 to 25-yard range, from 35% back to 65% completion. This guy is changing the game for the offense of the Tennessee Titans with his ability to take the top off the defense, which of course has been helped uh, by a guy named A.J. Brown who might cement an offensive rookie of the year campaign with uh, a good performance on Sunday against Houston. There are good matchups to be had as well against this Texans defense that gives up a lot of big plays defensively. You've got Bradley Roby, who's one of the uh, the many questionable players for this Texans defense, Roby the corner. Heck, it'd be easier for me to tell you who isn't on the, uh, the Texans injury report heading into Sunday. There are good matchups for this Titans offense. So w- when you look at the past three teams, the past three nine and seven seasons, For the Tennessee Titans, it starts at the quarterback position. Marcus Mariota, 2018. His QBR of 55 was 22nd in the NFL, which would have been significant if he had played, but it was Blaine Gabbard in the final game. So that's obviously different. 2017, this team goes to a playoff game. Marcus Mariota was 15th in NFL QBR at 58.6. 2016, 64.9. That's the, the highest it's been in this run. That's 12th in the NFL. And he had to miss that final game, even though uh, the playoff fate had already been decided at that point, week 17 back in 2016, when this team uh, went 9-7 and seven that year as well. Ryan Tannehill, 12th in the NFL with a 58.7 QBR. That's that ESPN term that, that takes everything into account when, uh, when rating quarterbacks, takes defenses, takes wide receivers. Um, uh, but the new kind of gold standard, in this next-level stats community, the, the defense-adjusted value over average has Ryan Tannehill as the sixth-most efficient quarterback in the National Football League behind Drew Brees, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, and Dak Prescott. So when you start talking about how this team is different, the conversation obviously is going to begin with Ryan Tannehill. It begins with the health at the quarterback position, and not only health, The Titans don't just have a game manager. They have a guy that is changing the game down the field in the deep passing game. And then you also have the fact, and I love this stat today from Pro Football Focus, that Derrick Henry this season has 1,095 yards after contact. 1,095 yards after contact this season. That would rank him 10th in overall rushing yards. 
uh, which uh, certainly is not bad. So my question to you once again, what is your confidence level in these Titans to get the job done on Sunday, or is this team not different enough for you to get your hopes up and expect them to get things done in Week 17? Your phone call's coming up next, 615-737-1045 to join the conversation and give your thoughts, your confidence level in the direction of the Titans right now. We'll get to your phone calls coming up next. This is the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. So... Titans and Texans on this Friday edition of the Big Six. Thanks for hanging out with us. My name is Will Bowling, digital content producer here at The Zone. Filling in for Jason Martin tonight. Always does a great job hosting this hour up until 7 p.m. Talking Titans, Texans, like I said. Big one on Sunday, of course. Talking about this team still going from good to great. If you're just hopping into the conversation, I'm making the argument that I think the only way this Titans team doesn't take a step forward this season is by losing to an A.J. McCarron quarterback team on Sunday. I mean, I think at this point you could even make the argument that even if this Titans team loses to Deshaun Watson, loses to a a full-strength Houston Texans team that's trying to win in Week 17, that you could still make the argument there are pieces on this roster right now named Ryan Tannehill, named A.J. Brown, named Jonu Smith, that makes you optimistic. So that's the question I'm asking here tonight. What's your confidence level in this team heading into Sunday? I'm going to load up these phone lines. 615-737-1045, our number. We start with Hunter in Clarksville. Hunter, welcome in, man. Yeah. Hello? Hey. Hey. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, I think this uh, team is different from the past two years, um, starting with Ryan Tannehill for sure. Uh, you just look at him, and uh, you can just tell he has a drive in him, you know? Different from the past years he played. He just has a will to, like, especially that Kansas City game, that uh, two-point conversion when they needed it. Uh, you can tell he wanted that, and uh, I feel like this team's different. Yeah, thanks for the call, Hunter. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a good point there to make as well that uh, this team kind of passes the eye test. Uh, maybe that's a point that uh, that I'm overlooking. Maybe some of us are overlooking that um, although it might not win you more games uh, when it's all said and done this season, this offense looks like an NFL offense. It feels like it, it might have been a little while since we've been able to say that, that um, this offense uh, under Arthur Smith that has, has taken major step forwards this season, even if the Titans don't end up making the playoffs, this offense is watchable. I'm not going to go as far to say is it's uh, exotic smash mouth again. I think a lot of Titans fans, that's that's kind of like saying brick by brick to a Tennessee fan now. Uh, they want to leave exotic smash mouth in the rear view. But I do think it, it, it could be made that the argument could be made that this offense is is watchable so that gives titans fans more excitement moving forward that there's at least a young kind of up-and-coming offensive mind that uh, you feel like there's some momentum with moving forward uh, even if this team comes up a little bit short spencer in murfreesboro welcome in you're on the big six man well good to hear your voice again buddy thanks Hey, so I've, I'm going to answer your question, and i got a question, if you don't mind, 
give them a quick answer to. Sure. Um, to answer your question, I think they're leaps and bounds over last year. I know, I mean, could you imagine if Ryan Tannehill started the season, you know, where would we be? You know, I think Mariota, I have not faith in him in probably three or four years now. It's, you know, they just keep trying year after year. But, I mean, I feel like Derrick Henry just looks better, looks different when Tannehill's in the game. I think defenses realize they weren't really as worried as more about Mariota throwing that deep ball and that completion as they were as they are with Tannehill now, so that opens up the running game. So I think, you know, those two kind of go hand-in-hand hand with each other. And um, my question is, you know, I keep hearing, you know, this is Tannehill's game. If he wins it, he gets a contract. If not, they're going to cut him. But I also keep hearing, and, you know, a lot of people hear this term, franchise tag thrown around. And a lot of people don't fully understand what it means. If I'm, I don't, you know, if you give a quick 30-second rundown of, you know, pros and cons of, you know, using a franchise tag opposed to, you know, any other form of, you know, re-signing him, you know, to a multi-year deal and I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for the call, Spencer. Um, so you're not going to franchise tag a guy like Ryan Tannehill. Then you're paying him the league average uh, yearly, basically. You're, you're paying the rate of a league average quarterback. That's going to end up being uh, probably a little bit more than the Titans are going to want, uh, in my opinion. I think if you're talking about tagging anybody, uh, you're likely putting a transition tag on Derrick Henry, uh, a much more affordable option uh, for the Titans in keeping Derrick Henry on this team. Then if somebody matches that, uh, you've got the right of first refusal to then send a longer-term deal uh, his way in trying to lock him up. Um, I, I think at this point, you're looking at Ryan Tannehill potentially getting Nick Foles' money. Uh, which, I mean, of course, if you told anybody that uh, last summer, I, I think there would have been a lot of laughing. But uh, Nick Foles down in Jacksonville is getting four years, $88 million. It's a $22 million average salary, a $25 million signing bonus, um, $45.1 million guaranteed at that signing. I don't think Ryan Tannehill gets four years. Uh, I think you're likely looking at two or three. Uh, but I do think that... Um, there's a lot more to discuss about this team right now, uh, given the game coming up on Sunday and, and given the immediate future of this team uh, than the contract stuff. I, I think that that's kind of going to take care of itself for the long term. The question I want to ask tonight is mainly a short-term question. What is your confidence level in the direction of this Titans team right now, specifically on Sunday? Uh, uh, but obviously, Spencer uh, makes makes a good point with his call and, and bringing that up because uh, if you talk about the long-term confidence of this Titans team, uh, that conversation is going to start around re-signing uh, Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry. Let's go to Mike. Been waiting patiently down in Clarksville. Mike, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I got a... Uh kind of a different take on this team uh first of all i've got the utmost confidence that we're going to go into houston and win. it's not even going to be close i think this team right now is just so crazy hungry for the playoffs that i just think they're going to go in there and it's it's, it's going to be like two different teams playing each other um but i've got a different take on this team that i want to run by you a lot of people are saying that this team is a good to great team or just a good team i'm going to be honest with you since Ken hill's taken over I think this is a great team. I think this is a great team that has had a, a few bad um, experiences that's caused them to be 
you know, in eight and seventeen. I mean, we've had two, if, if two, maybe three games that we've lost because of our kicking, because of our kicking game. Now, if you were to take those games and put them over in the win column and just say that we won them, I mean, you're looking at a, what an eleven and fourteen, you know, a, a, a twelve and three team. Um, we had the possibility last week of going down with a with a bad call toward the end of the game and, and possibly winning that one with New Orleans if they would have called that uh, defensive uh, receiver. Um, so we've had, I just think we've had a few bad breaks. Um, I do think, though, that this is a great team, and I think from this forward on um, it's going to end up being a, a great team going forward. Thanks for the call, Mike. And uh, I agree with uh, with some of that. I think the Titans have certainly been unfortunate in the kicking game and some of the calls specifically last week that didn't go their way. And look, I'm totally on board with the fact that it should have been a 15-yard penalty uh, called against the Saints for that hit on Khalif Raymond. I'm not going to go as far to say, though, that the Titans still win that football game because you're playing statistically the greatest quarterback of all time on the other side of the field, and you're down uh, your two best corners. So I don't know if I trust the Titans' defense to come up with a stop in a two-minute drill situation against Drew Brees and Michael Thomas the way that they were playing in that game. But obviously, it would have been nice to have the chance, right? would have been nice for the Titans to at least uh, have the chance to come up with a stop defensively uh, and go into this game uh, at 9-6 and six instead of 8-7. and seven. Um, But honestly, I think that the excuses part of it and the, the tough breaks... That's been a part of this franchise's DNA the past couple of years. I mean, how many of us this time last year were talking about the difference in this Titans team in 2018 if Nick Williams catches a ball in the end zone against Buffalo, right? I mean, at the end of the day, when you looked at the math of it all, it didn't end up making a difference. The Titans, even with that win against the Buffalo Bills, would still have fallen short with a Week 17 loss against Indianapolis. But you look at the injuries this Titans team had last year, missing Delaney Walker, missing Marcus Mariota, missing Jarrell Casey. They're missing a lot of of beef up front. A lot of their talented players that had gotten to the point that they were last season. So I'm not quite willing to say um, that, that the kicking game and that some of these tough breaks not going against the Titans has completely cost them this year. I think eight and seven might be about right for this team, uh, given when they made the change to Ryan Tannehill. Now, the argument you could make is, yes, if you have Ryan Tannehill playing this way the entire season, I think you're certainly looking at a better record right now. To play devil's advocate on that point, though, that the caller made, I think part of the benefit of throwing Ryan Tannehill into the fire in the middle of the season, a lot of these defenses didn't know what was coming from Arthur Smith and the Titans offense with Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback. As is the case with most really good quarterbacks in the NFL, both young and old, defenses adjust. And I think what you've seen in the past couple of weeks uh, are, are defenses that have adjusted to what the Titans are doing. And part of it, yes, is is Derrick Henry's status. Of course, him not playing last week makes a, a major difference in that game. Um, and, and his not being 100% probably changes the outlook of that Houston game uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. Um. But I do think defenses are starting to adjust a little bit. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's certainly regressed to the mean uh, a little bit more. Uh, it was going to be pretty much unsustainable uh, what he did to start off uh, his tenure as the Titans' 
starting quarterback. I want to raise another point, though, here as well uh, about this Titans offense and why it's so much different. When was the last time the Titans had a guy like A.J. Brown? I, I keep asking this question. I, I can't get an answer. Obviously, you think of, of Derek Mason being one of the great Titans wide receivers. Uh, I, I think of when I was growing up here in town watching him and, and Drew Bennett and Frank Wycheck in that Titans passing game. It's never exactly been a, a, a Titans offense that uh, completely airs it out. It's never been a, a spread it out and run and gun type of team throughout its history here in Nashville. But uh, you could make the argument that A.J. Brown, who I think will be crowned rookie of the year with a good performance on Sunday with Raiders running back Josh Jacobs out for their season finale, uh, is already in that top tier of Titans wide receivers, at least in the conversation. Football outsiders, who do, I think, a terrific job analyzing college and pro football, uh, they rank the Titans right now sixth in their weighted offense category. Now, that, that category is adjusted, so results earlier in the season are less important. Titans were 22nd last year in weighted offense, 18th when they made the playoffs in 2017. I think the point is here that A.J. Brown, who's averaging 19.3 yards per catch on his 48 receptions, is also the reason why Ryan Tannehill has been so good. Because A.J. Brown has been the guy, and this guy is special. I've heard the uh, Terrell Owens comparison from Eddie George on the Eddie George Show here in the Midday 180 on this station a couple weeks ago. Uh, I've heard Anquan Bolden heard that a lot as well. But that is the second highest mark at 19.3 yards per catch for any rookie receiver with 40 catches or more in the year in which he was drafted. And almost everybody who created that many big plays as a rookie ended up producing a meaningful NFL career. You've got guys like Randy Moss and Jerry Rice in the top 10 of that list. His average depth of target number is so impressive. He's catching the ball about 15 yards down the field. That's just where he's being targeted on average uh, in this Titans offense. I'd make the argument that he is as much of a difference in this offense as Ryan Tannehill is uh, for the Titans moving forward. I'm going to reset the question here. The question is, how confident are you in the Titans on Sunday? I want to take a lot of your phone calls until 7 p.m. The number, as always, 615-737-1045. Or is this Titans team just not different? I was hearing a lot of same old Titans, predominantly from uh, my friends up in Knoxville, where I've, I've lived the past four years. Um, not a ton of Titans fans up there anyway. But it's been predominantly same old Titans. That's been the national narrative. It's been kind of the, the state and even regional narrative after that loss to Houston. Can the Titans change that narrative on Sunday? What is your confidence level in this Titans team coming up Sunday afternoon in Houston? We'll start with Andrew when we come back. More of your phone calls coming up next. This is the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. Zone. Welcome back in. This is the Big Six. Sitting in for Jason Martin tonight. My name is Will Bowling, digital producer here at 104.5 The Zone, taking your phone calls and talking Titans-Texans ahead of a huge game on Sunday afternoon. I want your confidence level. How do you feel about this game? Are you confident that the Titans get it done on Sunday? 615-737-1045 is our number. We want your confidence level 
for the Titans and Texans. Does Tennessee finally get back in the playoffs on Sunday afternoon in Houston? 615-737-1045 to hop in uh, to the conversation. thought Joe Rex wrote of The Athletic made a good point in his column earlier this week that uh, the last time the Titans won in Houston, stadium was still named Reliant Stadium. It was not NRG Stadium. So I think at this point, too, you could make the argument that a win means you vanquished a demon. Even if it is against A.J. McCarron, you can finally at least move forward with a little bit of added confidence in that building. And uh, to me, it's kind of like when the Titans finally knocked off the Colts and ended that 11-game losing streak that uh, felt like it lasted about 25 years against a Jacoby Brissett-led Colts team. Uh, in Nissan Stadium on Monday Night Football a couple of years ago. Kind of the uh, the same vibe going into this one. To me, it feels like it, it's been so long since the Titans have got a good performance in Houston. Uh, we want to hear your confidence level, taking your calls tonight uh, on this game coming up on Sunday. Andrew in Brentwood, been waiting patiently. Andrew, go ahead, man. Hey, Will. How are you, buddy? Doing good. How are you? Uh, good. As far as my confidence level, I'm pretty confident. Um, and most of that's based on the line swing in Vegas. Um, I know it, the game opened up. I don't know what it was, but I think Texas was giving up a point, and then it swung big time our way. So that tells me that they don't believe um, – um, oh, what's the coach's name for Texas? Bill O'Brien. They don't believe him that he's going to – play all the studs the whole game is what that tells me. There's no way that line swings that much. So I think if, if we see Deshaun Watson, we see him for, you know, maybe a couple series, kind of like preseason game. And then the other thing I'd like to say, I hate to swing off topic, but you brought up Eddie George, and Eddie George has been on the, you know, on the I don't know which show it is. I listen to all the shows and they blend together, but he was saying the other day that he thinks that the Titans should go ahead and pay Derrick Henry. And I'm kind of of that same ilk, but you kind of just threw it on your head with what you were saying about paying Tannehill. Does it not make more sense to pay Henry? I know Ezekiel Elliott's got the biggest contract at six years, 90 million. I mean, that's 15 million a year. I think, I think Derrick Henry's worth that kind of money. And then you put, you put Tannehill on a uh, franchise tag making 22 or 24 or whatever it be. That sounds like a pretty aggressive tight team to me. I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, and it's an interesting point because it, it all comes down to what your priority is uh, as a team and kind of as a, uh, as a manager in John Robinson. I think you pay Tannehill first uh, simply because when you look at the running backs of the teams that are ahead of the Titans in the AFC standings right now, uh, they're not all that good. I, I think it's more important to have a quarterback locked down moving forward for this team than it is a running back. I mean, the, the New England Patriots have James White and Sony Michelle. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens have done what they've done because of Lamar Jackson, not because of Mark Ingram uh, being their running back. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they signed LaShawn McCoy, I, I think it was pretty much the day before the season started, uh, after he was let go by Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo's done what they've done because of their their defense, uh, because Josh Allen has taken a step forward offensively. Uh, you, you look at Houston, Carlos Hyde is is their guy at running back because Lamar Miller goes down due to injury in the preseason. You don't have to have a 
uh, a dominant running back like the Titans do uh, in order to be a successful team in the National Football League. I, 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 don't, I don't buy that. So I, I disagree with that point, um, that you would want to go ahead and pay Henry first. Uh, plus, I think it makes more financial sense uh, to do what um, kind of I was discussing earlier on in the show. You give Henry the transition tag. Uh, I think you pay Tannehill three years and something around twenty-five to thirty million. And if I'm John Robinson here, I, I, I'm going to draft a quarterback in the second or third round. Uh, there's two guys I really like in, in Jordan Love and Jacob Eason, who I think have the arm talent to be successful quarterbacks in the National Football League, um, but simply need a year or two, as is the, the best situation now for for any quarterback in this league. Uh, in order to kind of grow into an offense and sit behind a guy like Ryan Tannehill uh, in order to succeed. Uh, but, uh, you know, that being said, it kind of contradicts what I said earlier as well, that uh, the Titans, as currently constructed, don't necessarily need uh, a, a game-changing, big-money, huge-arm quarterback. It's kind of what they've backed into, uh, as I told you about with Ryan Tannehill's efficiency and completion percentages deep down the field. It's kind of what they've they've stumbled upon uh, with Ryan Tannehill, but certainly that's not the role of their offense. If you listen to Greg Cosell on the Midday 180, you, you heard what he said the other day, that uh, this offense is predicated around play-action passing and getting Ryan Tannehill out of the pocket and making these short, intermediate throws in order to set up the running game. Now, of course, you didn't see that last week when... New Orleans Saints don't respect Deion Lewis like they would have respected Derrick Henry, or at least a healthy Derrick Henry, uh, behind Ryan Tannehill in this Titans offense. But it, it certainly uh, is something the Titans will have to consider this offseason because it's going to be uh, one of the more interesting offseasons, uh, not just for the Titans, but also uh, for the entire National Football League. I mean, look around at the quarterbacks that are, are simply... Uh, going to be on the move, not just here in Nashville where Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota are both uh, up at the end of this season. You've got Drew Brees waiting for big money from New Orleans. You've got the Tom Brady saga kind of unfolding in New England. Where's he going to end up? Uh, does he go back there? Or is Phillip Rivers going to be on the move in, in L.A., which would maybe force Tom Brady to go to Los Angeles, pull the LeBron James, go retire and, and finish your career in front of about 20,000 fans in uh, in Los Angeles and the rest of them cheering for the other team. I don't, couldn't see that happening, but it, it all goes to say that this is going to be uh, a very interesting offseason uh, for not just the Titans, but for the entire National Football League. But of course, we don't have to talk offseason yet here in Nashville. Titans have a big one coming up on Sunday. Uh, uh, remind you again, phone lines wide open, 615 615- 737-1045. I want your confidence level uh, for the Tennessee Titans against the Houston Texans on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I've given you my case of why I think Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, they make a big difference uh, and give you a couple of X factors that this Titans team has not had uh, at least in this run of of nine and seven seasons. I, I will make the claim that even if the Titans lose on Sunday, you could still make the argument that this is a step forward for the Titans franchise just because of what you might have coming back, specifically at the quarterback position, but also in having a, a rookie of the year type guy 
in A.J. Brown, who, if healthy, uh, is a guy that you can honestly build your offense around. Something happens uh, with Derrick Henry. I want to also pose this point. Jonu Smith has quietly over the past couple of weeks become uh, maybe the second running back for the Titans, uh, given the way Deion Lewis has played uh, this season in limited reps. But I think Jonu Smith has uh, become another guy who we could see a Delaney Walker kind of production from next season. And, of course, that's assuming that Delaney Walker isn't back for the Titans in the 2020 season. I think that's uh, perhaps a safe assumption at this point, as much as uh, that might hurt some of us to to think about and to say. But Jonu Smith is too good, maybe, to be a a second tight end right now. The analytics from Football Outsiders rank him as a top five tight end in all of professional football right now, largely because of the way he's played over the past couple of weeks. But uh, he's been efficient. His yards after catch, his yards are really also after handoff as you saw a couple weeks ago against Houston, have been phenomenal. And if the Texans don't go and score after that uh, interception on the goal line uh, a couple of weeks ago, we might be talking about uh, the Jonu Smith chase down from 95 yards back um, uh, of uh, of the Texans as the play of the season for the Titans. Kind of like if you're a Tennessee fan, you know the, the Malik Foreman forced fumble at Texas A&M a couple of years ago when Tennessee eventually fell in overtime in Aggieland. If Tennessee wins that game, of course, you're talking about Malik Foreman saving the season and and maybe getting you to a sugar bowl. That's kind of what uh, the equivalent of this is for the Titans. Uh, that Jonu Smith chase down just kind of showed how quick, how athletic that guy is. And he's another guy that you start to build plays for and scheme around uh, moving forward in the next season and especially on Sunday. Junior is waiting for us. Junior is confident in the Titans on Sunday. On Sunday. Uh, Junior, welcome in, man. Hey, appreciate Colin. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the Titans are going to do awesome this weekend. I think we're going to have no problem beating them, no matter who they got in there. We just got to keep the injuries down and keep the turnovers off. I think we're going to work out fine. So you're you're saying no problem on a team that that beat the Titans a couple of weeks ago. Now I I think the Titans will win on on Sunday, but uh, Junior, you've got a lot more confidence than maybe I would have ex- have expected. Why are you feeling like the Titans uh, will have no problem, even if the Texans uh, end up playing all their guys? I, I just think we're gonna come out fired up. We know we got to have this game. And thanks for the so- call, Junior. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know if I buy the the fired up argument. I think it's it's a bit elementary. Um, certainly could be true. Certainly could help uh, this Titans team. But I don't know if uh, the Titans just being fired up um, <laughs> makes that big of a difference. I think it's certainly too much confidence to say that the Titans uh, aren't going to have any issues with uh, a team that beat them at home uh, a couple weeks ago. I think that uh, this team they still have the chance for for good to great, but kind of what completes that transition. And it's interesting to compare kind of our thoughts about this team with the thoughts on the 2017 team. Uh, When the Titans, they were on the doorstep of great. They beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. Now, they were fortunate to see them in the pre-Mahomes era, of course. They benefited from a worse AFC South uh, without Andrew Luck that year as well. 
Um, but for me right now, it's going to take the same thing. You're not only going to have to win in round one. This team is going to be great if you march into New England and get a win over the Patriots. I think that would finally take this team uh, from good to great. Uh, if you've been with us since six, you know the argument I've made on, hey, the quarterback is better. He's got an X-factor wide receiver, an emerging guy at tight end. Uh, despite being mistake-prone, a cornerstone left tackle in Taylor Lewan. There's a lot about this team that you like moving forward that just hasn't been there in years past. And so even at 8-8 eight and eight with a loss on Sunday to Deshaun Watson, I'm not saying that these are the same old Titans because it feels like there is a direction uh, and a confidence about these guys um, that, that just hasn't been there. But you think about that, you could also play devil's advocate and say, well, in 2017, uh, Marcus Mariota led you to a playoff win in Kansas City. Um, he caught his own touchdown pass as well and led the Titans to a big win on New Year's Eve over the Jaguars, stiff-arming Barry Church in the process in order to get the Titans there. Confidence was high then as well. Um, so maybe what makes this team different? Let's go to Ted in Murfreesboro. Ted, welcome in. Hey there. Uh, just wanted to comment uh, uh, about how I think the Titans are going to win on Sunday. For one thing, I think we should have beaten the Texans two weeks ago. Uh, we uh, we pretty much beat ourselves, uh, and I think we're a, we're a better team than them, minus the the uh, touchdown return and then the, the block field goal. We win that game 31-17, to 17. so I think at full strength we're a better team than the Texans, and plus uh, we have a lot more to play for. And uh, I think that uh, Mike Brable and the coaching staff are going to have this team ready. And uh, I think we're, we're going to bring it home and we're going to go in the playoffs. And I don't care whether we play New England or whether we play Kansas City. Whoever we play, they're scared to play us. And we're ready to go tighten up. Yeah, thanks, Ted. I think it's a good point as well that uh, without that interception, without uh, the drop ball from Anthony Ferkser on the goal line, that's a completely different game. But here's devil's advocate to that. The Texans have won the AFC South, four of the last five seasons for a reason. Because they make winning football plays in the month of December when it matters. And I think if I have one chief concern outside of the injuries, outside of the status of uh, a lot of key playmakers like Adam Humphreys and Adoree Jackson who won't be on the field on Sunday, it's the fact that I I've got to believe it when I see it, when the Titans get the job done in Week 17 and finally get over that hump of, finding ways to win games instead of finding ways to lose them this time of year. Because that's something the Texans have done the opposite of. They've won a lot of football games this time of year. They dominate Tom Brady in primetime a couple of weeks ago. And despite that loss to Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos, where they look just horrible, they've played some good football this month and at the end of November. And that's why they're in the position that they're in, that they don't have to play all their guys, and treat this like a playoff game uh, like the Titans do. Let's go to one last call. Let's go to Harrison calling from Franklin. Harrison, welcome in, man. Hey, uh, I've been kind of amazed this week at all the discussions of kind of the, uh, I don't know, the melancholy tone of that this is just another 9-7 and seven Titans. I, I mean, I don't know what games they're watching. To me, this is an entirely different team that, you know, in the – last two-thirds of the season has taken off since Tannehill got in there, and it seems to be all the the pieces of the puzzle are falling into place with all the other receivers 
getting better results and, and the work. But, I, you know, just watching the game, I think the biggest thing is, you know, I'm not holding my breath every time the ball snapped anymore like I have the past couple of years. You know, you there the confidence level and the poise that Tannehill has out there. Every, he looks decisive. His throws are on target. I mean, he's had a lot of bad drops here the past couple of games, too. And I know you can't go through Any team can go that's had a loss and pick apart, well, this call, this play, and it would have been different and all that. But still, it just the momentum and the cohesiveness of the team just seems like a completely different thing than we've had the past couple of years. And I just, I, I just hope that we can keep this squad together in the off season to have a full off season of that, the main players in the, the unit uh, and see what happens next year. I think it would be spectacular next year. Harrison, thank you for the call. I think you make some good points. I think a lot of the uh, the narrative of this team is the same old Titans. It's coming from the national media. It's coming from people not paying attention. Uh, and I certainly know Titans fans will be hoping it is a different result than it was a couple weeks ago uh, on Sunday. So coming up next, uh, if you're like me, you might have totally forgotten there were college football playoff games happening tomorrow. I'll raise my hand and admit it. I had to be reminded this morning. They're going to be great games. We'll preview that. We'll talk some Tennessee football Going down to Jacksonville for a huge weekend coming up next here on 104.5 The Zone. Final segment from me here on 104.5 The Zone. Glad to be talking to you tonight and excited to be heading down to sunny Jacksonville. Next week, big one for Tennessee as the Vols take on Indiana in the Tax Slayer Bowl next week. And we will have full coverage for you uh, from the Sunshine State for Tennessee and Indiana. If you're just now joining us, my name is Will Bowling, sitting in for Jason Martin tonight. I'm the digital producer here at 104.5 The Zone uh, and the host of a number of podcasts, the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast being one, the Smashcast, where we talk Nashville Predators. Uh, lots to choose from on the 104.5 Podcast Network. Uh, lots of original shows. Of course, you can hear the replay uh, of the Big Six every time it's on the air, and as well as uh, the Wake Up Zone, the Midday 180, and 3HL. Uh, but next week, excited to be in Jacksonville, uh, and we've got some special digital content coming up for you uh, over the next week from, I'm going to call it my seaside studio in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm going to be heading down there Monday. There will be a new Ultimate Tennessee podcast every single day from Jacksonville. We'll be by the beach. Might have a drink in my hand. We'll see. We're going to wait on that one. Maybe after. Maybe in the editing process. Uh, but we're going to talk Tennessee every single day. About 15-20 minutes. Kind of a daily show. Uh, down from Jacksonville. As we get you ready uh, for Tennessee and Indiana. In the Gator Bowl. Uh, should be a, a an interesting matchup. Uh, and the biggest question I have is. Is how motivated is Tennessee? Has this team already kind of crossed the finish line just by getting to seven wins? Part of me thinks it has. So I'm going to be interested to see how this team comes out of the gates against an Indiana team that's that's certainly excited to be at a, a bowl game like this. And I think recent history aside, I don't know if this game excites Tennessee fans as much as it does Indiana fans. I think we're certainly going to find out when we see just how much orange uh, is down there. That'll be part of my report, I assume, on my, my first Ultimate Tennessee podcast from my Seaside studio uh, on Monday. 
Uh, my gut tells me Tennessee that they're still going to have the majority um, down there. So you can find that wherever you get your podcasts, the ultimate Tennessee podcast uh, on the 104.5 The Zone podcast network. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, and, of course, on 104.5thezone.com as well. So playoff football tomorrow. I think maybe we're so insulated with Titans football, I just completely forgot. But I, I, I have to know that I can't be the only one who's completely forgotten there was playoff football tomorrow until about this morning. Uh, I was texting a friend earlier today. They admitted the same thing. Told me he, he takes a complete break from thinking about football uh, from the conference title games to the semifinals. Tell you what, it, it kind of goes 0-100 to 100 pretty quickly. I think LSU and Oklahoma, it's going to be interesting. I think LSU is going to be able to pick its number against that Sooners defense. How does Joe Burrow perform on a stage like this? Uh, we, we saw him in the SEC title game. And, and this is not a guy who really even had a one Heisman moment. His entire season was a Heisman moment. Dude was dominant. I, I love the video the other day of him playing a um, kind of a, a basketball. is a, a shooting contest against some Oklahoma players. Just draining threes over and over. They couldn't get the ball into sand fast enough. Probably the least surprising thing you've heard all week. Uh, I think it's also funny, by the way, they still do a lot of these bowl competitions between the two teams, even for playoff semifinal game. I think it's weird. Like, hey, you know, today we're going to shoot threes, and then uh, in a couple days we're going to play for a spot in the national title game. I don't know. It kind of seems odd to me that uh, the bowls treat it just like any other game when it's obviously not. Headliner for good reason. Uh, Ohio State Clemson. You know what? As much as Dabo Sweeney has really uh, made me and a lot of people in this country not like him near as much with the way he's handled himself, the way he's handled the media this year, my gut tells me Clemson is going to win that game uh, and get to another national championship out there in Glendale. That's the late game, of course, on ESPN tomorrow night. I think Trevor Lawrence has quietly really had a good second half of the season. It's crazy to me that he could do anything quietly, I think because he was so hyper-analyzed in those first couple of weeks, and those first couple of weeks weren't exactly good, that people have forgotten that this dude has played almost flawless football uh, from about the halfway point of this season on. Tigers have only turned the football over once in the past six games, which I think bodes well for them on a stage like this. And I think Trevor Lawrence takes advantage of the Ohio State linebackers in the running game as well, similar to how Jack Cohn did for Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game to get them up 14 nothing in that one. I think that's how you neutralize an elite secondary. And, oh, yeah, the guy named Chase Young, uh, who's okay. Plus, Clemson leads college football with 6.5 yards per carry this year. I think it's a good matchup for them. I think Travis Etienne might be the difference alongside Lawrence. I think he is absolutely one of the few all-purpose running backs in this draft class that's going to have an exceptional professional career plus Justin Fields says his knee is 80 to 85 percent Brent already mentioned on 3HL about an hour ago that probably means it's closer to 60 to 65 percent I think it's going to be an interesting matchup Um, but hey these are four elite quarterbacks playing two games don't take that for granted this is going to be fun I wish it was an 18 playoff selfishly even if it would dilute the season Uh, but it's going to be fun Titans and Texans on Sunday Titans looking to win and get in Again, college football playoff tomorrow. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy your family. Enjoy this holiday season. 
Signing off here in the Big Six. My name is Will Bowling. This is 104.5 The Zone.